Hi, Insomniacs. It's MJ and Steven, and we're back with another episode of The Midnight Hour. We're here for our April episode, so, you know, we've been keeping up with what we promised at the beginning of the year. So we're four episodes in this year. How do you feel about that, Steven? Mm. <laughs> Assuming I'm able to um, edit and post this in time, then... I hope so. Great. Just know that we did this in April. But... Oh, yeah, this was recorded in April. Today is Sunday, April 24th. It is uh, midnight, of course. Of course. It always is. Uh-huh. Every um, time. Which means it's yes. Monday? How are we... Okay, I don't know. So... What I'm feeling is the Sunday scaries, but since it's midnight, it's not the Sunday scaries. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what is it? I think, I only think the day starts over when you fall asleep. So mm. it's still the same day if you stay up 24 hours in my head. What if you stay up for like a week? Yeah, it's the same day. Weird. You're dead, so. Mm, that's not Wait, not true. you could stay up for a whole week and not die? Yeah. That's not true. Pretty sure I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure you've dozed in and out. Mm. Um, by the way, that song that you played, I really like. Please intro it. Oh, uh, so that song is uh, a song from King Con and the Barbecue Show. I played it because recently one of their other songs from that album, uh, I think it's from that album, might be from another album. Anyway, uh, one of their songs has been trending on TikTok. Hmm. Uh, and it's just like have we heard it on yeah oh we have yeah it's the one that i always point out and it's so bizarre to me because it's it's from so king con and the barbecue show are two um separate musicians barbecue show is oh the, barbecue show is not like a band no the barbecue show is the nickname for one of the nicknames for this um i like barbecue <laughs> it's this nickname for mark sultan uh who's another like garage rock uh guy he just does a bunch of bunch of bands king Kong's had a bunch of bands but they got together to do a couple of like not super groups because it's just the two of them but collaborations um a duo yeah and this was at the height of the late 2000s like i was gonna ask when this was yeah 2008 2009 uh like the late 2000s indie sleaze mm-hmm. boom <laughs> where it was like what's an indie sleaze is that like the strokes well, because the Strokes were, were done by then, but it was like influenced by the Strokes, but it was a return. It was a more like the Strokes, but like punk rock and garagey. Are these like punk rock garagey, but with people with good looks? Not necessarily. I don't oh. think. I don't think you would describe either King Con or Mark Sultan as. Uh, you don't know what I like. I do. I do know <laughs> what you like. Uh, but yeah, this was like the height of um, your like your Harlem's or your. Um, uh, hunks and his punks and stuff it was like the the kind of like dirty garage indie stuff um it sounded like a, a rough recording almost but you it's know intentionally what, rough. but you know what vibes it gives me for some reason when you were playing it and i was like oh yeah i really like this the the upcoming baz lerman elvis movie right right right, right. <laughs> i don't know why it, it maybe had that same energy or something right. but but it's just so weird because i don't I don't know how one of their songs would have started trending on TikTok. And it got it's gotten to the point where now it will show that song title, even if the song's not playing, did because you, it's going to get hits. I mean, did you hear it? And then, because you know, our phones are listening always. Our devices are listening. So if you listen to it, then they could have just served us a page that played that song. I haven't listened to King Con and Barbecue show in a long time. Oh, well, at least I brought it back for you. Yeah. I like it. Uh, I have not looked into either one of them. Don't know if either one of them's canceled. I assume not. <laughs> okay. But um... so I've learned, and I am learning to separate the characters I like from the real life actors who play them. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this last night, 
or was it in the middle of the night when I woke up for a little bit? I don't know why, but I was just thinking of Jared Leto and how like mm. how he's a pedophile. He's also a bad actor. Yeah, he's not. The, he's. <laughs> but you, you, you. But I, so I love Jordan Catalano. Right. Right. Even though when I rewatched my so-called life as an adult, I was like, oh, Jordan kind of wrong. Like, these are her options. Can we, right, if the right. show is on, can we bring a third option that is not Jordan Catalano and Brian Krakow and get somebody better mm-hmm. and more suited for Angela? Anyway, I digress. This is, this is the, sh- the show, my so-called yeah. <laughs> If you haven't watched it, you should watch it. It was, I was in high school. Well, obviously that show came out in like the 90s, 94 or something like that. Um, High school, so you would have been uh, Jared Leto's like perfect age. Yeah, still. But I don't know if he likes Asian girls. I'm sure he likes any girl as long <laughs> as they're under in a certain high age. School. Yeah, so I will still continue to like Jordan Catalano, mm-hmm. and I can like him without having to like Jared Leto. I right. Think. I I agree. Like I, you can you can think some. So there's the. I don't want more of my characters that, to be ruined. Right. Right, and the same thing goes with, like, producers of art in general. Like, can you like Harry Potter, even though J.K. Rowling's a turf and hates trans people? Can you like, um, I don't know, like, music from people who are problematic? Like, or and, authors who are women beaters. Right, 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 right. <laughs> it, like, what? what's the... Well, that's different. It's a character. Like, I can still enjoy the books by somebody who's... a hideous person see i think we've we've talked about this before but <laughs> it's just, this is a shitty thing to say but it's a slippery slope when you're talking about you can only consume art from non-problematic creators because most of them have something in their past that's that's problematic are you going to not uh listen to the beatles because john lennon was abusive with his first wife you know what you could do is just not support it financially I mean, like I can still listen to the music, but not buy anything new or I guess, put but, a John Lennon poster on my, on my wall. But there's also like, you know, the, the people are creatures of their time and some things are wrong even in the time, but they're not viewed at with the same lens as today. Like you look at um, pretty much any artist in the 60s was uh, any male artist in the 60s was probably sleeping with 16 year olds. And like, they wrote songs about it. It's not even th- them being of that time. I guess you do have to understand that. It's wrong at any time, mm-hmm. but I was also different in that time too. Right. So those things that, not that it was always skeezy to me to be with underage girls, of course. Sure, sure. But there's other things that I can't think of right now that I was F- like, whatever. People using the F slur yeah. or, or the R slur or, or anything like that. Like those are, those are things that when we grew up were um, not only prevalent, but it's like expected. Like you, you couldn't really listen to any, especially like a rap song in the '90s without somebody saying the F slur and being homophobic. Like that was just, and a lot of the artists have, and I think this is this is my uh, approach to it now. If they're dead, can't do anything about it. Just however you want to. If you want to listen to them, listen to them. If you feel like you can't, you can't. Whatever. But they're dead, so. Everything's kind of washed out. In the end, they're not alive, <laughs> so you can't really say they won. But like, you, you kind of just have to take it for what it is as as a historical document. So like, they're not. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they, they can't. Was, yeah. the time. If they, they can't grow anymore. Right. If they are alive, and I, I think they have to have spoken about their uh, past transgressions and experienced some sort of growth or. Um, 
accountability. Vocalize some sort of accountability, right? Like I think even you look at like Eminem's probably said stuff in the uh, recently about it, and I don't give a shit about Eminem, but I think that that kind of not to say it like oh it absolves. I think all some sins. people are willing to forgive people. Though. Yeah, I think you, and you should be because otherwise, what the fuck are we doing here? Yeah, if if people can't be forgiven or or grow from who they were, you know, 10, 20 years ago. Like, what's the fucking point of anybody trying, like, just, okay, if I've ever said anything bad, I guess I just need to lean into being an asshole then. Like, that's, that's the alternative. If we're not allowed to, to kind of move on from things that, that were deemed problematic. However, Jared Leto continuously has sex with underage girls. I also think it's, on them it's a, it's a, what we're talking about is like, verbal and things that people have said right. versus your actions right, right, actions right, right, are right. a little that one's more he also has a full-on like sex cult he has a sex cult he has like an island that he yeah and what is with people in islands you get enough money and you're like oh i want to have sex with on my island, on island i'm gonna have like a house and like a pool and oh yeah fun stuff like monkeys Oh, see, that's problematic. What? You can have monkeys on your island? Well, well, what if they live there first? I think, I think, this is me personally, in most cases, pets of any kind are problematic. I don't think you could have like um, a roller coaster or something because then people think like, oh, you, you're inviting you're, kids yeah, to your you're, island. Yeah, you're enticing. I was children. like, I am the kid. Right. Whatever. Right. You're lucky. I don't that, like roller coasters. Oh, man. Yes? Can we can we go into to one of the one of the topics? Yeah, here? go for it. Okay, so we watched the Abercrombie and Fitch uh, documentary, and at it's first, on Netflix. It's on Netflix, and at first watching it, I was like, "Oh, you know, this is just like any other documentary where it, it's like um, uh, exposing some sort of niche thing that turned out to be really creepy and weird and, and had horrible practices." Um, during a, a time from, from years ago. And then it kind of morphed at the very end into pretty much an Abercrombie and Fitch commercial <laughs> for their new rebrand. Yeah. And it got me, it, there were some things that were said. Was that were, paid for by Abercrombie? I they think, wouldn't want that though, right? This documentary? Well, they might because. It's a whole it, thing about how this person came to power and is no longer in power and look at us, we're better now. Well, it's woke washing. It's because it's people who would see the brand of Abercrombie and Fitch and be like, ooh, yeah, no, I'm not going to wear Abercrombie and Fitch. They're they're bad. You, you Did you hear about this or that or the sexual abuse or the uh, the racism? And like at this point, it's probably best if you're trying to do a big rebrand and refocus to get out ahead of that and say, yeah, we we acknowledge that. And now we're like this. Uh, and you know, Isn't that we, what forgiving? We, didn't we just talk about forgiving? For people, companies, you should never forgive a company. Because here's the thing, and we talked about this. Um, the the CEO stepped away on his own after making billions of dollars. Yeah, he's fine. And here's the the other thing. What about every uh, share, or every stakeholder, or every shareholder, or every every member of the board of Abercrombie and Fitch? Did they all turn over? Still there. No, they're all still, still there. there. So what they did is they made a conscious decision to shift the. The view that this mm-hmm, business has mm-hmm. in the cultural sphere. Instead of changing our, I mean, they're not really changing themselves. They're no. just changing of how they're viewed. And that's why you look at any of these fucking companies, and like they've all donated to campaigns of horrible politicians, even if their outward appearance of the company that they are on the board for is like, oh, we're you know, we're we're woke or we're inclusive. We're inclusive, yeah. And it's like, okay, cool, but I'm going to donate to Ron DeSantis, or I'm going to donate to to Trump's campaign, or something like that. And it's or like, or I'm going to ruin the environment. Or I'm going to ruin the environment. <laughs> And it got me thinking because one of the people on there was talking about the um, the social These responsibility. These were your shower thoughts. Yes. 
These are my showers. I, after I watched it, I was like, okay, I'm going to go take a shower. <laughs> I could just imagine you just stewing in there, like shampooing, <laughs> shampooing your hair and like pissed off That's... and just cultivating your... But it wasn't, it's, it's not necessarily anger. It was more just like a, like, let me collect my thoughts. Let me, let me formalize an opinion around this. Because otherwise I'm just saying things. Yeah, you do that. Yeah. But that helps me, you know, mold my thoughts. <laughs> um, but it, it, the thing that stuck with me was one of the people said, you know... Abercrombie and Fitch has a responsibility, as all brands and companies do, because they're the ones who shape our society and formulate how our society they're is. They're like influencers. But that's not true. I think that is a disease that, I'm going to go back to saying this, I think millennials specifically, but even going back, Gen X and, and boomers, I think because of where we we grew up in the age of uh, monoculture and advertising, you know? So everybody's being advertised the same things. Everybody's seeing the same advertisements. And these brands rise up to become these... Uh, uh, super brands? Not even super brands. <laughs> they, 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 they go beyond the concept of being a brand. They become an identity. They're or a so lifestyle. They become, they become a lifestyle. They became something that you can, you can latch onto. And what we've done... And this is the same thing on the other side of things with Disney and, and the approach that uh, the like don't say gay bill and Florida is currently taking with Disney World and the, the company of Disney is you should never. Here's the thing. Anybody listening, you should never have the option of having a company let you down. <laughs> Companies cannot like form a, like that parasocial, a parasocial relationship, relationship with, the company. with the company. Like I, this is my expect. Disney's my friend. Disney's not your friend. Disney. Disney is notoriously a bad company to work for and very difficult people. Right. No <laughs> company is your friend. No company is looking out for your best interest. No company is looking out for anybody's best interest. Companies are looking to make money. They're looking to take as much as they can from you until you are a husk and can no longer give back. The only time that they might try to give something back to you is to keep you on the hook longer so you can give them more money. Yeah. That's and, it. And to write it off tax-wise. Right. And so that's why we... Uh, I think this this dovetails nicely with the, the concept of like artists or content creators and being able to forgive them because I think we hold so much of an esteem for uh, people that we feel have given to our foundations as people. So bands, uh, artists, uh, writers, those sorts of things. Like, oh, they, they're part of my foundation as a person. But now we're in such a weird, shallow, consumerist uh, culture that those people that have created those things have been replaced by companies. It's like, oh, Disney is foundational to my being. This brand of... Um, you know, and that's why I want to separate the character from the actor, from the my love of Beauty and the Beast from the company Disney. Sure, and I think you should. I think you should definitely do that. I think we should. There's the what is it, the punk rock concept? Uh, that's that's a shitty thing to say. I'm sorry, everybody. That's horrible. What thing. the hell's a, a punk, punk rock, rock concept? concept? It was a a, a, a uh, an ethos that developed during the the rise of punk rock uh, <laughs> about killing your idols, right? Uh, and it's this this um. This belief that you should take the art that is created within and of yourself and it becomes a part of like your your personhood. But the artist, the idol that would normally be the 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 source of that or the focus of that, you should kill that off in your mind. Do not I don't give a shit about who made this song. I care about the song. 
what is he jesus that's thou shalt not well that's the fucking problem when we have when we have all like anytime you may have noticed this but if you haven't check it out next time this happens because it will definitely happen mostly it's millennials or gen x actually is a lot of this Anytime there's a politician who does anything remotely, or anybody in the political sphere who does anything remotely um, good, like uh, Fauci had this, um, Joe Biden has this sometimes. You get this with like, uh, what was his face? The the New York uh, disgraced governor, Cuomo. Um, anytime they get into the public eye, they always get like daddy eyes. Or like sexualized, right? It's like, oh my god, I yeah, want to marry Joe Biden. Yeah, he's like, like, like a walking corpse. You can you can look it up. It's like it's this thing where it's like you can't you can't just take a policy that like Joe Biden doesn't say, hey, good for good for that. that. That was good. We pulled out of Afghanistan finally and ended our our occupation there. I appreciate Daddy that. Eyes. You have to you have to say, oh my god, I want him to step on my face. He's the best person ever. I have to idolize him. Like I don't understand what it is. <laughs> that that like that's Sorry, forcing people just, to do this. This is just so funny to me. I'm just trying. I'm like, I never. But it's true. It, like if you look did online, that to a politician, that's no, for sure. And people do that, and it doesn't matter what. I they think they just try like. to connect with something. Yeah, <laughs> because we're so empty. <laughs> I know. But the good news is, I I have hope that because we've gotten away from this, the monoculture, and we noticed this when we were watching the Abercrombie and Fitch documentary because uh, they would talk about like you know there used to be magazines that people would get or like mm-hmm. you would you would get a like a uh, people catalog. would tell you what was in right mm-hmm. like you get this little thing and it's like these are the four brands that matter right now and that's it sorry that's all you get you have to watch mtv that's it these are the five bands <laughs> these are what are... the models are wearing now right or... and now we have this uh too many de- it's democratized right like everybody has access to everything uh, and everybody can kind of just, there's no like real clicks when it comes to, I mean, people are still doing the same shit. They are just doing it faster. Right. But I don't know if there's any Gen Z person who's going to really be like, that's the brand that, because the brand now is the influencer. They don't give a shit if like Abercrombie and Fitch is putting out, like I will wear anything mm-hmm. that they put out. It's I will wear anything that this, this person, person wears. wears yeah. And it tells gonna, me to wear. Right. And it's just going to shift. Like, obviously, we're no longer going to, uh, hopefully, have these parasocial relationships with brands, but we're going to have these parasocial relationships back again with idols, with uh, influencers, with, like, those Those are going to be the people that will let us down. And they will, because <laughs> there's people, they're shitty, but they'll let us down but in a know, human it's, way. It's interesting, though, because they're, I mean, I guess they are a character still, but they're advertising themselves as, like, this is me. Yeah. And, so uh, there is nothing to separate that. I can't. But I think that's fine because the most that they can do is they can let you down on a human individual level of like they did something I don't like. When a company Maybe that's why people down, cancel them because they it's like almost like a friend betraying you and you're like you're not my friend anymore. You're I think, d- I'm done with you. I think the 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 cancel culture is for the individuals canceling. It's it's for them to like absolve themselves. Yeah, like yeah exactly it's very selfish yeah it's like oh i'm canceling this person that i used to like isn't that so good of me i'm co- i'm completely cutting and it's like it, it doesn't fucking matter it never matters yeah what about you and starbucks but see that's the difference when an individual lets you down they let you down because they did something they said something or they did something to another person 
uh, sexual assault, murder, whatever it is, you know, <laughs> but they let you down on a human level. Yeah. When a company lets you down, it's because they are doing shit to massive amounts of people. Mm-hmm. They are uh, union busting. They're underpaying people, causing them to not be able to live in, in, in homes, becoming wage slaves, a um, number of things. Coca-Cola is like literally killing people uh, in, in, in brown countries that are, 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 are unable to, to live. Like, it, it, like Companies, when they let you down, will let you down on an uh, astronomical level of evil. People can only do so much. Companies have the power to destroy entire civilizations. Yeah. But personally, on a human level, they hurt me inside. The hurt My is, heart breaks. And the hurt is more <laughs> because you can relate to how they... Like, I can't relate to uh, causing a genocide, like Shell or Chevron or any of the gas companies. Um, I can't relate to that. I can relate to somebody individually sexually assaulting somebody. And I can say, I would never do that. How could you do that? Mm-hmm. A company, I can't be like, man, I would never <laughs> disenfranchise an entire like. I can't spend a billion dollars on war. Right. I can't relate to that, but I can relate to to the individual. So it, it it is a personal, it's a it's a, a letdown on a personal level because it's a personal letdown. So what's the moral of the story? Kill your idols. <laughs> like you can. Is it right like that those people, those same people, who said it became idols to people? The person who said "kill your idols" did not become an idol. <laughs> I can say that without. I, I it, it definitely not. No, I love my idols. My idols don't touch my idols. Okay. There's seven beautiful boys with really good hearts, and so that's fine because that's the thing is is <laughs> I'm are... I'm still going to to have artists that I look up to and and respect for what they do and what they have done. A lot of them are dead, which is fine <laughs> because once again they can't hurt me anymore, but. You should never like the company that they work for. Like, that's the thing. Standing like a record label, that's disgusting. Because, mm-hmm. like, what's the point of that? They, they're they a company. Their whole goal is to increase shareholder uh, value. Yeah, it's true. What did you think about the documentary? Um, <laughs> I thought it was, I don't know. Nothing I've, I guess... It would hit me on a personal level because I've never stepped foot in an Abercrombie. That right. is something that I took a stand against. You've been in Hollister. They're owned by Abercrombie. Yeah, but I'm not. Okay, I bought shorts there once and maybe a top. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I've never been into an Abercrombie. And it was always a little off-putting. The yeah. naked boys on the wall. The excessive perfume cologne. Yeah. cologne how dark it was in there. It was just not an inviting place to be in. I can't see the clothes. And like, I, you can't see the clothes. And I didn't, it wasn't my style, right. for one. Um, I'm not preppy. And right. I, I never was preppy. Even though I owned a, um, what are those called? American Eagle, you owned. <laughs> no, what like are those the called? Rugby, the rugby shirt. The rugby oh, I totally shirt. had it. It was from like Old Navy or something. I mean, that's early 2000s. <laughs> it was like, everybody's got to own a rugby. Right. Uh, a polo shirt mm-hmm. or something. Uh, but, so it it did affect me because it was part of my life. Mm-hmm. I did have a personal feeling towards it. I did not like the people who wore those type of clothes. I did not relate. Right. And I knew off the bat that it was racist. Right. It was obvious. Same. I knew that they were just looking at how people look and only wanted... Hiring people for that purpose. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, it's this, so for, for us, it's more like a vindication. Watching early parts of that documentary and being like, ah, I knew they sucked. Yeah, it, you're right. I knew they sucked, and it's about time that everybody saw that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they are having a, a rise again. Right. I do see that. I have considered changing my mind. <laughs> okay. right. um, but I, I'm going back and forth. I'm just really looking for jeans, all right? I don't know where to find jeans, okay? And they're inclusive now, so they have my size. But are they? Or is, is it just a brand? I saw a size a 18. She was wearing size 18 on TikTok, and she was trying on shorts. Yeah, because that her. means they could sell to more people. And then we can make <laughs> yeah, they money. finally got it. But where, where are those jeans made? Who's being exploited? Yeah, yeah, blah, yeah, bleah, blah, blah, yeah, yeah. blah. But, but see, that, that comes then I can't to, wear any clothes. Exactly. That comes to this, <laughs> this uh, exhaustion. Because I think the, the problem is. I'm thinking about making my own clothes now. You're never gonna. Do it's just that. gonna be another hobby that I kind of start and then never do it ever again. You'll have, a, you'll have a pair of pants with one leg. I'm gonna turn this into a sewing room. No. And then I'm gonna buy like a super expensive sewing uh, machine that I'm never gonna use. Right. I, I think that whole thing about uh, conscious consumption, I guess, is the best way to put it. Uh, of like, wouldn't it be better if we weren't conscious though? Well, that's then the, I could that's the plead problem. ignorance. That's the problem. Is especially in the Western world and in America specifically, but in the Western world entirely, uh, we've been think about it like we've been building this house of consumerism, right? Mm -hmm. In each room or each each like found wall is like a different brand that we've been building this house on, right? And suddenly, because of the internet and because of people trying to be more conscious, which is a good. Uh, like a good instinct of like, well, where does this come from? Who's being hurt by this? Because of that, we discovered in the basement, uh, completely flooded and filled with termites. So we're like, okay, maybe we shouldn't go in that room because that room is probably going to collapse or it's, it's just bad or, or whatever. But like at this point, the house itself is built on a foundation. Like there is no company of a certain size that is not completely fucked up and evil. A large company, you could have a smaller company as a right. But even then, if you really want to be conscious about it, yeah. And if you really want to be conscious about it, are they paying a living wage to their employees? No. If not, then they're also bad, because what they're doing is they're profiting off of the value of others, mm -hmm. of their workers. And it's like, if you when you really overturn that rock and see all the bugs there, you gotta just throw away the rock. And then what are we doing? Like, what, what can we do at that point? There's nothing we can buy. There's nothing we can eat. There's nothing we can wear. Uh, Did you see that there's a new documentary on HBO Plus about um, the beauty products and all the bad like the chemicals and, and yeah. everything in there, literal poison that we're putting on our face? Of course. And it's like, I think they spotlight, like, I, I didn't watch it, but I want to watch it. But it's like Johnson & Johnson, who own however many products. Well, so stuff. many of these companies, Johnson & Johnson, like, in, any, any uh like major, um, I wouldn't say like, like beauty products, but more like, uh, what's the way to like just bathroom household consumables, consumables. All of them have some sort of history in chemical warfare and uh, working with the government to like poison people overseas during wartime. Like these companies are old, and when they they know chemicals, they have some of the best chemists that are employed by the company. So when we're like, hey, we need to find a way, we're the US government, we need to find a way to uh, poison generations of Cambodians, then they're like, who are the best chemists that we can go to to find out how to do this? Turns out they're all employed by Johnson & Johnson. Hey, Johnson & Johnson, can you look at the, the chemical testing that you've done and research that you've done over the last few decades? On animals. Right, and tell us, <laughs> tell us what's the best way to poison people. And so like all of these companies have a history in bioweapons. It's fucked. It's like how Mattel 
has uh, a history in making like guns and t- tanks. Yeah, Barbies, guns. Yeah, it's their two biggest ways of making money is Barbies and guns. And it's like every company sucks because companies suck. Yeah, that's why I should be my own company. I'm going to grow my own food. I'm going to make my own clothes. Mm. I'm going to... You're going to be self-sustainable and off the grid. <laughs> concoct my own shampoos and conditioners. Okay. I will see my you... My own makeup. I will see you in five years when you are raided by the ATF <laughs> and your compound is burned to the ground. Because you're not adding value, quote unquote, to... I have a credit card still. <laughs> I have credit. <laughs> you got to buy the supplies. <laughs> but you're not a part of the... the you're not a part of our grid. <laughs> I own stock. You're showing people that they don't need to be a part of these things. I'm just saying, anytime somebody's trying to go off the grid, they end up uh, killed by the ATF or the FBI. What's an ATF? The Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Remember Waco? Yeah. When they burned down that compound? That was the ATF. Oh. They did that. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I got to be it's scared of them, too. It's because they like owned some guns or like whatever. Or they were growing plants that maybe. So I'm only going to like pop in and out. You know, when I need to, just mm. to keep appearances. Mm. So, like, I'm gonna do all that self-sustaining stuff, but I'm also gonna buy Louis Vuitton. Mm. <laughs> so, but but once again, the whole reason why you're doing the self-sustainability is because other companies have bad exploitative practices or they're evil. But you're still gonna buy like luxury goods, which are owned by almost exclusively world-class pedophiles. This is so the ETF or whatever. <laughs> they don't come after me. Okay. That's the, right. that's the point. You just you just dabble you just dabble in that's a little bit of supporting pedophiles. A little bit of consumerism, a little okay. bit of capitalism, and they'll never find me. Sprinkle it in every once in a while. Exactly. Like a, a little treat. And I can feel less guilty because everything else I do is mm. self-sustainable. Mm. But yeah, let's do it. Let's, I'll make you socks. This isn't going to work. This is not going <laughs> to happen. We're both far too lazy for this. No, and then I'm going to start selling it. Right. And then it's just a vicious cycle all over again. Right. Then you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to employ these workers. Man, I would really love to not give them health care. Because <laughs> then I'd be able to, to make more profits. Exactly. I'm going to use all these pesticides on my grown vegetables now. Um, and that's killing the environment and poisoning our water. But it, makes them, it makes them grow so much better because they won't get eaten by the bugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see? So maybe we should just kill the bugs <laughs> and mess up our complete ecosystem. Vicious, vicious circle. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of circles. Yes. No, I don't know. What's the, the next thing? <laughs> um, is it one of my things? <laughs> isn't everything your thing? Whoa, that's t- no. Yeah. So um, last week I had a job interview. Oh. Let's go back to real life now. Um, it was weird because I hadn't interviewed in six years. Technically... It's been like two and a half, three years since mm. I last interviewed because I did interview for this position, but it was informal because I knew I, I already had the position. Um, right. So it was a video, which is something I don't think I've ever done a video interview before. It's always been on phone. I mean, you've had the same and then job for six years. Yeah, um, exactly. And so it was with two people. They were very nice. I'm not going to name the company it was for, but it's one of the, what are they called? Fang companies. Oh, right, 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 right. Uh, what is it? Facebook, Apple, Alibaba, I don't know, Netflix and Google. Alphabet? Alphabet. Al- no, Google is the G. Well, uh, 
we should just get away from this. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, anyway, it was one of those companies. Um, and you Amazon? Know, but, yeah, that's the other A. <laughs> you're right, you're right. Um, but the questions were pretty standard. I mean, you helped me. I yeah. Every interview I have, I always do some extensive research. Right. And prepping. Right. And I've been doing a lot of interviews on the other side. Of That's true. Uh, I've been a part of a lot of interview processes. So. Yeah. So I'm asking you like what you like to see, what yeah. you don't like to see. It was behavioral questions like tell me a time or how did you improve processes? And that was like a literal question that I studied. And I couldn't go into my notes and read exactly what I wrote because they could see, they would be able to see my right, eyes. Right, right, right. And I'm like, I have to find it. So that makes it awkward. <laughs> um, but they're all, they're all project managers. So like it was 30 minutes on the dot and she laid it out in the beginning. She's like, okay, we're going to introduce ourselves. <laughs> we're going to ask you a few questions. And then at the end, we're going to leave you some time to ask yours. I was like, right. perfect. Like she laid it out right there. Table of contents. Right. Um, and then we did the questions and she left me 10 minutes and they're like, okay, the time was up. And she's like, thank you. Goodbye. So it was very... It was very nice, but very um, formalized, pro formalized, programmatic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That um, makes sense. It's been a week and they haven't called me, so I don't think I'm going right. to get the job. But I know well, these things take time. Yeah. I mean, I've been a part of a lot of interview processes that have taken like over a month. Um, right. Like recruiting is, is, I don't know if it's the same everywhere, but it's really slowed down because I think a lot of companies have, if they've made it out of the pandemic era, uh, then they are like hitting the gas and they're like, okay, now we're going we to expand these teams. Yeah. We need to do this. And the recruiting teams, if they haven't been properly expanded or scoped or scaled, then they're like completely burdened. I think it's funny because they always go off last year's numbers or mm -hmm. two years numbers. And so of course the, that shit's inflated because of right. COVID depending on your company. Right. But like you said, you survived it. So they're hiring for that. Right. But it's going to level off. Yes. Which is going to be the massive layoffs again. Well, and that's the problem always when it comes to recruiting because you can hire, like, if you, you're like, okay, we're going to hire 100 people in the next six months and um, we need to get to a certain number and then we'll kind of like level off. Uh, in order to support hiring those people, you probably need to onboard, I'm just like, five new recruits, whatever. Probably need more than that. But you hire those recruiters. And then once you've tapered off your hiring, then these recruiters have nothing to do because you've tapered off your hiring. Mm -hmm. So you have to lay off the so recruiters. You have to lay the recruiters, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's like you should really get some contractors, but contractors have a turn up and a, a, a turn down time also. So you should have anticipated, and companies really don't do this ever, you should anticipate, hey, in the next like three months from now, we're going to begin a hiring surge. Mm -hmm. So we should hire right now some contractors and spin them up. But they don't do that because you're wasting quote unquote wasting three months of like paying people for doing this work. So it's like, okay, we're going to begin hiring on Monday. Let's hire some contractors on Friday. <laughs> it's never proactive enough. No. It's always retro. Right. And then you're scrambling and everybody's stressed the fuck out. Right. And then, and then finally when you, uh, that little time where you may be like, okay, things are okay. Mm -hmm. Is when people start to get laid off or they start quitting. I got a, a story about quitting. Tell me. Uh, so in the the internet circles that I, I frequent uh, about like labor and, and workforce, <laughs> somebody posted this is, an this email. This is your hobby. Uh, somebody posted an email that they got from their company. Okay, tell me. I'm just going to read this email. So it's a little long. I've got a couple of things that, that I'll be reading this episode. Mm -hmm. but they're a little long, so bear, bear with Bear with us. <clears throat> it starts, this is from the boss of, of this company or a manager or something. Is it directly to a person? I think it's a bulk email. Okay. Uh-oh. To the workforce. <laughs> Hello, all. Happy Wednesday. I'm not so happy this morning. 
yesterday, three of you submitted your two weeks notice. All three of you claimed it was because of a, quote, better opportunity, not even thinking about the fact that some of your coworkers have lives outside of this job and all capitalized children. <clears throat> Next paragraph. These your, three quote, people may not have children. But it doesn't matter because, like, you're not thinking of your coworkers when you quit. Anyway, <clears throat> we'll, we'll get to this. We'll dissect. Your, quote, better opportunities, uh, parentheses, doubtful, we pay all fair wages, are really worth affecting your team members' quality of life? I myself have children, and instead of being at their band recital this week, I will have to be sitting at work posting job offers on Indeed instead. This is outrageous. You all need to speak amongst yourselves and plan these things out so you don't leave a company high and dry all at once. The lack of consideration for your employees, I previously had a different impression of as outstanding or astounding. Uh, Here's the the fix, because of course they're going to try to put in a fix for it. The new rule in our employee handbook will be updated to now requiring a three months notice. Oh, hell no. Since that's how long it took to train you. You will give three months notice and train your replacement in the meantime, and your three months notice will serve as your uh, your consent for your base pay to be lowered to $6 an hour. Fuck no. Since you will be leaving, your reduction in pay should be no issue. That's how this works from now on. You can thank your insubordinate uh, your insubordinates for this. You can also thank them for the extra 30 hours of overtime per week you will be assigned until I find new hires and they are fully trained. Nope. And end of uh, I, there, there's like some also I will expect full cooperation from this team moving forward. Like, what kind of company is this? Any hints at all? It doesn't say. I need to, it can't be it's obviously not a big company. No, this sounds like a um, sounds like retail. Sounds like retail or customer service or yeah. something like that, yeah. So the person gave two weeks notice. Three people. Three people quit, probably because it sucks to yeah. work there. <laughs> Sounding like. And better opportunity. Right. And they're like, I doubt there's better opportunities. We pay $2 over minimum wage. Unless <laughs> you decide to quit and then you're. That's, there's nothing legal about that. No. I'm glad it's written down. Right. Take, your, take their asses to court. Yeah. Because that is not legal. Right. But it's in the handbook. You know what? There is no handbook. It's like your permanent record in high school. That's so. That's the thing. Two weeks notice. Also, not a legal requirement. That's a courtesy. That's a fucking courtesy. Yeah. You don't have to give a goddamn no- like depending on yeah, where you, you where or... you live and where you work. Like if, if in in Europe there is actually like laws around uh, severance and termination of of employment, typically from. Like, I think you are required to have, like, a month or whatever. Like, it depends on where you live. But where we fucking live? <laughs> and in the United States, most places are at-will employment. If you ever hear anybody say it's at-will employment, that means they can fire you without any sort of recourse. And you can leave without any sort of recourse. You could show up one day and say, you know what? Fuck this. I don't want to work here. And walk out. You are not required to give any... If, if three people leaving causes this company to just... Turn upside down. That means that they are not well equipped. Yes. And it's like, I've seen other things in the same circle where like, uh, there's screenshots of, uh, of people being like, um, why, why can't you just pay a living wage? And it's like, well, if, if my, my little business, if we had to pay a living wage for all employees, like if we had to pay, you know, $20 an hour or $25 an hour or something, uh, that would get your employees all over the poverty line. Right. Um, if we had to pay that, then we couldn't be in business. So, okay, 
So you, your company is not at a stable enough point to have employees. Yes. That should be the baseline. Yeah. If you can't provide healthcare, if you can't provide a wage that will allow these people to buy food and a uh, shelter over their head, then you should not be a company. Like, otherwise you are literally stealing from people. Yeah. And you're paying yourself too. Right. Like, right. so you can have a livable wage, but the people who work they for can. you can't. Yeah, exactly. It's just this idea that like, no, now you have to, how dare you do this because of the way you're treating your, I thought you were friends with your coworkers and you're, you're making them have to work. Now look at, look at me having to hit them. You're making me do this. I feel like I, I have too much of an emotional attachment to some coworkers too. It, everybody does. Yeah. You, you form these, these human, these, the theme, man. You form these trauma <laughs> bonds in most cases, especially you in know, retail. People really connect over trauma though. Yes. They really do. Yes. Especially in retail, you form trauma bonds. That's literally what like, that's what I, so my friends that I made from exactly. retail are yes. because we experienced the same terrible because you shittiness. Deal, you deal with like day after and it's like little traumas, but you deal with like day after day of like a lunchtime rush with people literally yelling in your mm -hmm. face and you can bond over somebody yelling in your face because the size of this shirt uh not available. Or yeah, it's not available <laughs> or like they say, hey, this is supposed to be a medium. It doesn't fit me when they're we clearly to, an extra large. We went to Uniqlo and they had the whole, they were going the, on about their new um, return policy, yeah. which is such a shitty policy. And I just was thinking, I was just, I was just thinking of how it may be okay, I guess, from a return perspective, mm -hmm. but I can imagine all the pissed off customers sure. that people are going to have to deal with sure. because they come into a store and they want to return something and you flat out say, no, we can't. But like if you've never worked at retail or if you lose the insight of that, like just imagine that person standing there getting yelled at because the return policy changed. Right. Like, I can, I'm so, I can't do like, shit. Like, yeah, it's in the handbook. Yeah. Like I can't do anything. Yeah. This sucks. I don't want to work here. I'm working here literally because this is the only way that I can eat. <laughs> like, it's so fucked up. Um, yeah, so I think everybody should uh, just quit that company. I've, I've, I've never received an email like that. No. No. One time, there was, <laughs> I mean, with the whole, I mean, this is, look back in the archives when there was a shooting and. Oh, right. And then, right. A, and then one uh, employee put out a whole email to the entire company about um, firearms and, and then he plugged his book at the end yeah 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 and then two weeks later he quit he mm -hmm. quit i put that in quotations i don't know what happened right but so that that was the only time i ever received like a, oh shit company-wide email being in the industry that i'm in uh it doing it uh we're often the uh the hatchet men or like the the <laughs> We're the ones who shut off access when, like, there's layoffs and stuff. So I don't you feel bad about that though? Do you feel you, gross you about can't. it? Like, you, you, yeah, a little bit. But like, at the end of the day, this is what I do to get paid. Like, this <laughs> yeah. is my job. This is what I signed up to do. Like, terminating access for for employees. Like, that's part of the job overall. And it's like, uh, so like, I'll know. I will see lists of uh, like during the pandemic, there were layoffs. For a lot of different companies but i'll see a list of like layoffs uh on a friday and then i'll see names that get changed for the monday when the layoffs happen i was like oh that person got saved and they will never know mm -hmm. that they were 
on a list and somebody Contra? said something uh, or a name that gets added to a list or like, hmm, what are the what are the uh, things linking all of these employees together? Mm, they were very vocal about maybe one policy mm -hmm. or something. Uh, yeah, there, it's there's definitely some gross moments that have happened over my uh, illustrious career in, <laughs> in IT across multiple companies. So this is not saying like current or whatever. Like this is this has happened everywhere. Um, Everywhere where there's employees, this sort of thing happens. I don't think I've had to um, sell my soul for a company. I don't think I've done anything where I would feel like my integrity was. Don't look back. Ooh, don't probably, think about this. I mean, you you probably just don't. I mean, you deal with a lot of comp like. Well, vendors. I used to work in shrink, right? Sure. And so I would try to stop people from stealing. Sure. Which I can convince myself, like, oh, well, stealing's bad. But ultimately, I don't really it's give not. a fuck. <laughs> because, and that's the thing. You you worked in the shrink. And shrink, for anybody uh, unfamiliar, shrink is the term that companies use to describe theft. Yes. Um, there are shrink metrics. And no company has expectations of zero shrink in, re in the retail they, they account for it. Account for it. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that means that you are expected to steal. So steal. <laughs> you steal have they have companies. like they're covered for like a million dollars of mm -hmm. shrink, and so you need to steal a, up to a million dollars of uh, goods. Right, that's the thing. All these companies are insured. So when when there were those massive thefts of like Nordstrom or or whatever it was uh, in San Francisco, it was uh, a Louis Vuitton. Yeah, those companies are insured. They got a huge payout, more so than it would have been if people would have bought those things from mm -hmm. that store. So. They don't give a shit when it comes to that. They can then use it to be like, oh, we need higher security or, or uh, bigger footprints or like whatever. But like everybody wins in that situation. What except for that? people that get arrested and then get their lives ruined. What about that anime store today that uh, somebody stole from? I mean, they're not Nordstrom, right? No. They're but just also, a tiny anime store. Right. But also, they're still a store. In every store, even like small mom and pop stores, like once again, if they're scraping to get by, it's because they probably shouldn't be in a store. Mm. Like, sorry, that's just not everybody. Not everybody gets to own a business because your business is failing. Like, you you're not entitled <laughs> to own a business. You you're trying to own a business because you know that working at a business sucks. isn't. Oh, it sucks, <laughs> and it's not a way for you to have a livable wage. So instead, you're going to create your own business Circle. and make other people suffer. <laughs> Circle, circle, circle. Yeah. So, like, even even a store like that, they sh I'm sure they account for shrink, and I'm sure once again the amount that they s the the cost of what they sell is significantly higher than the cost of what they bought it for. So, like, yeah, but the it's, it's, if you're operating so on many, a razor and, but thin they'll margin, they'll but they were like, oh, we lost this much money, and we're gonna have to cut we're jobs, gonna have to cut hours, we're gonna right. have to cut. Pay and that's because all like companies that. are evil. Managers are bad. <laughs> Managers are cops, and all cops are bad. We're an anti-cop podcast. <laughs> cops should be abolished. Uh, once again, there was what the the um, the shooting in the 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 New York subway, right? Do you keep track of all the shootings in this world? No, because you can't, especially <laughs> in the United States. They happen all the fucking time. I know, but, and only some are reported about. But there was the it was this was on the news. It was a big thing. There was a shooting yeah. in the subway. Uh, the current um, governor of New York, Eric Adams, because he's a former cop, uh, had this big explosion of cops in the subway. So the subway's filled with cops. And you always, like, the, the feedback I always get when I say that we should abolish the police is like, oh, yeah, you say that now. But if there was somebody that was, was running around with a gun, I bet you're going to call the cops, right? 
No, because the cops don't do shit. The cops were there in the subway platform at the time when the shooting was happening. And suddenly, all the cameras in that subway station were turned off. All the cops suddenly, all their uh, their communication equipment stopped working for some reason. They had to, they walked up to people in the same subway uh, station and told them to call 911. The cops did. They walked up to people and said, uh, hey, some guy's shooting. You should call the cops. You are the cops. Yeah, but our radios aren't working. Oh. But you have guns. Isn't yeah, that your whole thing? And then they couldn't catch him until some guy working to install uh, equipment at a bodega said, hey, that's the guy, right? To the cops. They're like, oh, yeah, he is, isn't he? And then they arrested him. <laughs> nice accent. And, but, you know, there's... So cops will never prevent a crime. You cops are there have for brought up cops. <laughs> I feel like every every cast we do is you bring up cops. True, because they're the worst. Let's bring up a happier topic, like watching Friends with kids. Okay, that's right. <laughs> so there was this is this is just a, something else you want to read. A pure pure sugary treat. Um, <laughs> there was this post uh, earlier this month from from some some blue check on Twitter. Um, that was saying that, that sounds so derogatory. Well, some blue check. Yeah, you know, some verified person. Feels sexist on to me. Uh, it's not. <laughs> it is a woman, but it's not. Um, but she said that she was rewatching all of Friends with her 14 year old daughter. Uh, they're currently in season two, and then she started to compile a running list of uh, all the things that she had to explain to her 14 year old okay, daughter. Okay, tell me. So it starts off with, uh, and I'll just, we'll kind of blast through these lists and you can let me know if there's something you want to dive into. Okay. Milk cartons used to have pictures of missing kids. Yeah, they did. Uh, who Dudley Moore was. Because <laughs> of her haircut. Uh-huh. That's a good one to explain, though. Who Joan Collins is. Yeah. What pagers were and how they worked. <laughs> Wait, who had a pager on the show? Ross, when he was, he was oh. waiting for a page for uh, his ex-wife to go into labor. Yeah. Uh, that you could see people off at the airport gate. Oh, uh, yeah. Just, I have pictures of us in the gate. I remember saying like goodbye to my mom as she went through the door to get into the plane. Yeah, 9-11 stopped that. that but see, I, I didn't fly until, what, like five years ago? So right. I never... Um, that, that you could meet people arriving at the airport gate. Yeah, that's where you, you see the hugging, the kissing. Right. Uh, the fact that if this apartment were real, it would be worth millions of dollars. Yeah, two-bedroom... Two bedroom, one bath. Yeah. That's not that great. But it's still a big apartment in, in like, they were probably... What neighborhood are they even in? I mean, they're right next to Central Park. Oh, yeah, that's true. So, um, so they're, yeah, they're... Uptown. Uptown. That's that's an expensive apartment. Um, what Bloomingdale's is. Yeah, yes. Who Demi Moore is. Dudley Moore. No, Demi Moore. <laughs> I know. Uh, that Eddie Moskowitz is a Jewish name. That's more just like a regional issue, I think, with this person. She never watched Five Goes West with the Mouskowitz. Right, right. <laughs> um, she said, here's one I can't actually explain. And this is a good point. Chandler's mother has yes. sold over 100 million books. That's <laughs> canon in the show. If we say that conservatively, she's made $2 a book. She's worth $200 million. Chandler is an only child. Mm -hmm. She doesn't seem to have cut him off at all. And yet... He makes Joey pay for a table that he broke. Joey doesn't pay for... Chandler pays for everything. But, but that's, that's canon. Yes. But beyond that fact, how rich is Chandler? Really rich. Like, he, he's, he's essentially... Remember that? Like, 
Yeah, he, he's got, like, familial money. Yeah, but he was living off... Um, he was living off what's-her-face Monica for a while when he was unemployed. This yeah. is what happened in later seasons. And, like, but but that's the thing is is he has a good relationship with his mother mostly. Like, he, he's mm. not, like... Yeah, he has a strange relationship, maybe, but... Maybe he just doesn't want to... He probably has, like, an... In, he had an inheritance, and then that's it. Mm-hmm. I, I That's what I feel. <laughs> uh, so here's a couple more. How perfume samples work in department stores. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, they don't do that anymore, huh? No, I don't they used to be all to. up in your face trying to spray you with some perfume. Right. Uh, why secretaries answer office phones. Who else are going to answer? I don't think people have secretaries. Like, I don't think people have phones. Like, you have, you have <laughs> EAs. Yeah, and they're not answering phones. No. They're just putting meetings on calendars. Right, but like it used to be you would have secretaries and stuff that That's answer true. company phones. Yeah, but they're there phones. for the fucking. <laughs> okay. What VD is and how stock photography works. Okay. VD, venereal disease. Mm-hmm. We don't even call it that. No. And the, STIs now? STIs because it used to be STDs and now it's STIs. A venereal disease. Mm-hmm. And there was the whole thing about uh, Joey doing something where he was uh, like a stock model and he ended up in an ad campaign for like gonorrhea. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, Did she say how old her kid was? 14. 14, okay. Um, she had to explain who Hank Azaria is and the fact that Minsk, because remember he moved to Minsk, uh, used to be a part of the USSR, so having to explain the whole Soviet Republic. Okay, that's a slippery slope. Just You know what I didn't know? When Chandler went to Yemen, and I was like... Oh, is, yeah. Yemen, is Yemen real? Like, yeah. I thought because he was so like. Yeah, it's currently, ma- it's currently being devastated by Saudi Arabia from our money and our weapons that we're funding. Guys, this and is what I have to hear every day. <laughs> you only have to hear it one one hour, one hour and a half, <laughs> once a month. But I have to hear this every day. Yeah. Uh, what a green card is. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, what the ice capades are. That Those don't even exist anymore. No. Are pornos narrated? Are who? Pornos. Narrating? Somebody, I guess, uh, somebody was trying to get a job narrating pornos <laughs> or something. I mean, old pornos used to be like movies. Yeah. Like there was plot lines right. and and dialogue, and now you just go straight straight to it. Uh, my current question is why Monica wore a business suit to her chef job. <laughs> She changes into the chef suit later. You yeah. don't walk into your restaurant in, in your, like, chef's hat. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, why people used to hold up lighters at concerts. Which is such a fire hazard now so that shitty. I think of it. Imagine all that smoke rising and then, like, it triggers. Does that really work, by the way? The sprinklers on the roof putting a fire next to it? And I it think just... it's because it's the smoke. So, like, some lighters don't really uh, give off that much smoke. That's true. Because yeah. it's not burning any... Like, it's burning butane or something, and that's, a, like, it's going to burn clean. Clean, yeah. Um, but I think if you get it close enough, it'll probably... That's why you have to be, like, right up to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, how to responsibly split a restaurant check. Ooh, that's still a hot that's topic still, now, ooh, man. Yeah. I mean, technology has imba- advanced, but you ask... Um, a server to split up a bill amongst six people and they're right, pissed. And they're like, like, let me remember everything that you ordered. Well, and they know that it's like, okay, so they're going to be sitting at this table for at least another 20 minutes talking about the split check and like, well, maybe, okay. We you... used to take a pen and circle like, okay, this is the first yeah, check, this, this drink check. with this entree. That's br- that's broke people behavior. <laughs> <laughs> Rich people are like, I'll take it this time. Right. Uh, what a hickey is. Oh, good. She doesn't know what a hickey is. What do kids call 
these things now? They don't give it at all, or I think it's like why would I suck necks? on a neck like that until it like <laughs> until the capillaries burst? <laughs> That's fucked up. Uh, what a kickback is? Oh, like, uh, oh, is this when Monica she gets fired from her job because yeah, she received the meats? She received the meats. The um, meats. Uh, that people didn't used to carry EpiPens. Apparently, people carry EpiPens like now as as a a common thing. Um, I don't have an EpiPen, but I talked to your sister about it. Like, oh, I think I need to get one. She said, well, they expire after a year. They're expensive, yeah. so then you have to just get a new one every time. So I'm like, oh crap! No wonder, no wonder my parents never made me carry an EpiPen. They're like, here, drink some water and a Benadryl, and you're all <laughs> right. You're cured. You'll be fine. Yeah. That reminds me. Rub of my, some dirt in it. That reminds me of my dad when he used to explain uh, the treatment for asthma when he was very young. Was you put your arms above your head, mm-hmm. or you go into the bathroom and you turn steam. the shower on as hot as you can, and you just sit in the bathroom. And so the like, steam Damn. not work then? I it it works to try to like open up your lungs, I think, but it doesn't. Like if you're having an asthma attack, you you need, like you're you. So I want to need the bronchioles dilating. There was that episode of Lost where the blonde girl mm-hmm. she had an asthma attack and of course didn't have an inhaler. Right. And so they used the heat and some plant thing to help open up her lungs and stuff. Like eucalyptus or some shit. Yeah. And then I want... So during an apocalypse, if you have no inhaler, depends on the how severity do you of survive? The how do you survive? Yeah. No, I'll, I'll be fine. <laughs> okay. I can live... I There has been times where I was, you know, too poor to afford asthma you went, medication. I mean, you've went months. I don't think you've ever went a year without... No. But like there... During that like month, there would be weeks at a time where I'm just constantly having a low level asthma attack. That's so scary. Yeah, and it's like it's just it's kind of just like um. I feel like we need to hoard some of this for you because it's I kind don't... of just like your chest feels compressed. That's uh, not good. And like your breaths are a lot shallower. I would have a panic attack if I felt that way, and I do yeah. almost every night. Yeah, but you, you know <laughs> you get you get used to it. Anyway, there's more. Uh, what a great rack means. <laughs> What closure is. That was a big oh, plot point. Oh, yes. Uh, apparently, the 14-year-old was uh, amazed to learn that people used to memorize each other's phone numbers. I mean, I know my number and your number, and that's it. I know my number, your number, uh, and my my parents' home phone number. Oh, and I know the cost, the Safeway number. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I mostly remember that. Yeah. Um, people don't always remember what they did when they were drunk. Oh, I mean, good. I'm glad you don't explain know that this. to your 14-year-old. Uh, <laughs> Wait, so she'd be like, um, Mom, how come they don't remember the next yeah, day? Like, what, what happens? <laughs> uh, you, it's called blacking out. You used to be able to call your own answering mas- machine to hear your messages played back. Yeah, and then you like leave. You have to say words yeah. for your voicemail. Um, remember when we used to play songs for our voicemail? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I think... Oh, and then she has a power ranking for how all the characters from seasons one through two uh, have aged. Like how their... Um, <laughs> I mean, their age is not canon at all. Well, no, no, no. How their, their characters are viewed now. Okay. Like, are they good people or not? Like, okay. how, how well their characters have aged From first season to second season. No, 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 no. How, looking back at these characters, how well did the writing of these characters age? Like, are they still... How come she never asked why there's no black people in New York? That's a question I have. Uh, definitely. But this is... I feel like you're not understanding. Okay. I'm going to explain <laughs> this one more time. While watching these characters... Okay. How the 14-year-old? No, this is the mom. Oh, the her, mom is ranking? ranking? Okay. 
of this the characters from seasons one and two, mm-hmm. how well, like, would they be transposed to nowadays? Like, how well did they age their characters? So, like, are they cringe now? Are they very problematic? Oh, let's do it. Let's like, do how it. did let's they age? <clears throat> okay, Ross aged poorly, terribly. We'll get to that. Uh, so Julie. <laughs> oh, we want to talk about Julie. Literally nothing wrong with the character of Julie. Yeah, she, she seemed like fine. a she nice person. Yeah, she got fucked over. She seemed like a nice person, understanding. Smart. She acclimated to the group fairly well. They liked her. Yeah, they liked her. She wasn't, like, no problems with Julie. Uh, Susan. Lesbian. Oh, did she have to? Oh, Very just... supportive, co-parent. Like, uh, there was Ross some... treated her horribly. He Ross treated her horribly. But, like, she didn't necessarily, like, she obviously had problems with Ross because he was a did. I think she the uh, the one thing I will say about Carol is the way that Susan, she oh, not Carol. No, what Susan is what she allowed Carol to do to Ross, her father of her baby. There were some sure. things when I watched those things where I'm like, of course Ross is going to be a part of it. That's his kid. Yeah. And Carol's yeah. like, no, I'm going to be blah blah blah. And I was like, that's not fair. Uh, Carol is under Susan. Yeah. Um, once again, it, it was the whole concept of like she's a lesbian. That's the but she's the villain, right? That she, that makes her a villain is because yeah. she's gay. Yeah. Um. So now we're getting into the first ranked person of the main cast. Okay. Phoebe. Yeah. Phoebe would totally translate to now. Right. Like not. Like there's some problematic things. That's why she's not like top of the list. But like out of the main cast, the least problematic, I would say. Um, Monica. Monica is, yeah, she's a type A person. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to think if there's anything that she's done that's been. Mm, I can't. Especially think of if we're looking at only seasons one and two, probably not. Um, Rachel. Okay, so You'll the girls the, are. T- the theme. There's not been a single <laughs> the male. There's not been a single male character from the first two seasons <laughs> listed yet. Um, yes, uh, Rachel. Um, that one. This one's hard. Because on my list, next would be Joey. But... See, now, I assume when she says, this is how I interpreted the character's aging, this also could just be how they've aged, like, looks-wise. I don't know. Uh, but no, I'm No, because you wouldn't to... put Julie or, like, do you even see Julie? What She's she Asian. Like she don't raisin. So, well, yeah, she be. probably looks the she best. She might look great. Um, so, now we've exhausted all of the female representation. So, we're <laughs> looking at Ross. Ross what? The next? Yes. Why? How? So you have to think about the way that Joey appreciates women. I know, because he was going to be my next one, but then I thought, oh yeah, the way he treats women. Mm-hmm. But Ross does not treat women well either. No, he does not. They're disposable to him. She put, she goes Ross, Joey, and Chandler. Chandler. Now Chandler has a lot of issues with gay people specifically. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of gay panic in in a lot of his jokes and and stuff. So I can understand why he might not. Uh, age very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last one is Marcel. <laughs> don't know why. I don't know what the monkey did. <laughs> last on the list. Marcel. He, he was fine. Oh, he did assault the women at one point. Oh, did he? Remember when he he, like, he was humping sexually? people? Oh yeah. Oh gosh. I mean, Chandler and Joey did lose a baby. They did lose a baby. Yeah, I just I think Ross is just not a that, and he's so. The fact that he um, fights or argues with Phoebe the most yeah. should say a lot about 
that as well. Right. Doesn't let doesn't let people have their own opinions or way of life. Mm-hmm. Has to have them conform to his. Yeah, he's fucking horrible. All right. So I think we've been going a little long. I've got two things. Go for it. One that's a little longer. One that's just a little short little treat. A little nugget. A little nugget. Uh, so the first one is going to be from our old favorite um, subreddit of relationships. Um. There's a super size April episode for you. Super size. Did I say um, super? No. I don't. Oh, okay. Did I say super? No, I sounded like you said super. Uh, here's the headline. I'll let this headline marinate a little bit. How can I get my boyfriend to stop digging his tunnel? Oh, please elaborate. Okay, I will elaborate. <laughs> uh, I'm going to read through this. Here we go. You just <laughs> casually scrolling Reddit and came across this question? No, this was circulating online. Okay. Uh, so... I know this is a weird question, but my boyfriend likes to spend a lot of his free time digging a tunnel <laughs> on some property that he inherited. <laughs> I haven't seen the full extent of it. She's trying to get to China. I haven't seen the full extent of it, but last I saw it, it was remarkably deep under the surface. He spent roughly a year on it, and it's evident. The front of the thing is deep, wide, well put together. At the front, which is the only part that I've seen... He's got cement beams, electrical lights, even chairs, and a small table. How this big is this hole? This motherfucker is excavating. Uh, I haven't gone into it, but it looked like the quality severely dropped as the tunnel went further. I mean, yeah, you get tired. It gets harder to dig through. Mostly going to need a jackhammer some, eventually. Some open dirt. What's some wood beams holding it up? I mean, he doesn't want to collapse beams. on him. Yeah. My biggest concern is his safety. I'm really worried. That he's going to dig too deep and it'll collapse on him or something. I've tried voicing this concern to him, but he just laughs it off and assures me that he'll be fine. (laughs) Aside from the safety concerns, there's also the fact that he doesn't really have a social life because of this thing. (laughs) How are they? Are they married? Her boyfriend? Boyfriend. Okay. Why is Uh, she still with the digging hole guy? I'm pretty much the only person he still talks to outside of his job. He doesn't go out and do anything anymore. He just... this hole. It used to be that he'd occasionally head out and do some digging on the weekends, but now he spends almost all of his free time out there. He still comes home, but he barely spends any time with me. And I know that he isn't doing anything but digging that damn hole in the ground. <laughs> this can't be good for his mental health. Uh, the I, problem is his mental health is the problem to begin with. Yeah, that's what's causing the digging, I'm going to assume. But I don't know how to convince him to stop. He's always really happy when he comes back from digging. This is therapy, apparently. Which is why I haven't seriously tried to stop him before. But I was talking to a friend about him, and she told me he might be crazy. (laughs) Obviously, I don't think he's insane. But I hadn't considered the mental health aspect of this. And I just don't know what to do. TLDR, boyfriend spends all of his time digging a tunnel, and I'm worried about, about his physical and mental health. So what the fuck's up with this guy? I think she has every right to be worried about him. I think What's the she tunnel? needs to talk to him. Okay, that's but like, but that's she said. Anytime I've talked to him about like, oh, I'm worried it's gonna collapse. He just goes. <laughs> she's talking. Don't about, worry about it. But she's talking about the wrong thing. She's yeah. saying I'm worried about it collapsing on you. But that's instead of like, that's just hey, one problem. Hey, what's the tunnel for? Yeah, where are you going? Yeah, what? What's up? Is what's this a tunnel? bunker? Is this therapeutic for you? But see, that's, Is there anything else that we can do? There's a difference that? between digging a bunker and digging a, a tunnel. A tunnel. <laughs> dig a tunnel, dig, dig a tunnel. A tunnel insinuates a destination. She's calling it a tunnel. He may not be calling that's it a tunnel. That's true. That's true. It's a Maybe. hole to him. It's just a giant hole. <laughs> I mean, isn't it a hole until... I don't know. What? 
mm. like a mile of like a tunnel. I don't know. Does a tunnel I, have to did, pop she didn't pull somewhere? Post pictures. I need to see how. Well, deep she's not this allowed tunnel. in the tunnel. She's only seen the front. She said. What? What's the front of a tunnel? Where like the Wait, entrance Wait, is he digging the down? I don't. She says the front <laughs> of the tunnel. So it's like there. It's like got some. He had cement. He cemented. <laughs> there's like an entrance to the tunnel with columns and shit. And he's just. What is he doing? <laughs> I was thinking of a big hole in the ground. I wasn't thinking of a tunnel through something. There's wood beams holding up the walls of it. He's oh, so it's like through, through a mountain. Maybe he's looking for gold. Maybe. Maybe he's, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I think he's, there's bodies in that. Oh, that's a that's one theory. He has no more She's friends. just sneaking there in the middle of the night. How scary would that be? Oh, you can lost And she in goes tunnel. in there. What if, but, oh, so she doesn't know if there's other ways in the tunnel. True. Like to her, it's just one big this way. This is the entrance. Yeah, but eventually, the tunnel's gonna have to end. He's gonna hit some poisonous gas. Remember when they put the canaries in the. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, here's my question <laughs> in too. the tunnels. Uh, how big is his property? Because, like, at some point, if he keeps digging. And he's digging like, yeah, he's digging uh, laterally. He will be under other people's property. I think she needs, she needs to talk to him about the things that could be stressing him out. I mean, he needs to show her, he needs to tell her what he's doing and what's he doing it for. <laughs> he needs to bring her into the tunnel so she could see this shit. Maybe. I don't know. I, I say stay out of that tunnel. <laughs> I say she could break up with him. I mean, yeah, now you're the, the girl, like, you. anybody learns this about your boyfriend. Like, if you're like, we have a new hire, Julie, here. Uh, tell Julie. us a fun fact. Oh, my boyfriend's digging a tunnel. Like you'll be known as Tunnel Girl. <laughs> that's the girl not a fun with fact the about you. Boyfriend. That's a fun fact about your boyfriend. <laughs> your fun facts aren't all about me. No, I have no fun facts about me. That's why I dread, <laughs> dread. You should, you should absolutely dread. You should just steal this guy's fun fact. You're building a tunnel. <laughs> I, I'm going to. I'm like digging a tunnel. I have this big hole in the backyard. Nope. Just say digging a tunnel, and then people will be like, <laughs> No, they're gonna what? want evidence. And you'll be like, It's my tunnel. <laughs> Secret tunnel. <laughs> I didn't say it's a tunnel I'm sharing with people. My tunnel. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if it's... It's got to be down, because there hasn't been any mention of, like, steps or stairs. So I think it's just, like... Cause, yeah, I was thinking of a, a hole in the ground with, like... And a, he uses a ladder to, <laughs> to climb no. out of it every day. No, this is a... a like, he walking, digging, mm-hmm. and he's holding it up. That's why she's worried it's going to collapse on him. Uh, You're not really worried about a hole collapsing as much. Like, it can collapse Like, the in, sides, yeah, for sure. But I, I think she's worried that he's, like, going to be too... Uh, it's gonna... Yeah, I there's a mental there's a mental health thing going on. I, I think it's wrong to call him crazy. I don't think I it's... don't know. I need to see the size of this tunnel. <laughs> Pictures one, or it didn't happen. I think that needs to... That's the deciding factor on how uh, crazy this guy is. All right, let's wrap it up. What's the next right. thing? This one's a fun one. Um, oh, so the whole is... one was fun. <laughs> Holes are fun. I mean, the tunnel. God, I didn't realize there was a distinction between a hole and a tunnel. Yeah. I a tunnel is... to me is a hole, but um, horizontal <laughs> as opposed to vertical. I wonder if you can have a vertical. T- you can have a vertical tunnel. How? I just think <laughs> you can. I don't... <laughs> Like if it, I think if it's like if, if it's going for go a long through time, something and going through uh, digging a hole, you're not going through the earth. Well, what's a cave? A cave stops. Is a cave a tunnel? No, there's an ending. Tunnels have an opening on the other side. Are you sure? You so like if if I'm if I got a if I'm digging 
a horizontal hole <laughs> for three miles, and then mm. it ends. What is it? That's a cave. Mm. <coughs> so that's what I was saying. He's making a cave. Well, that, also, so what I'm saying is a tunnel implies an end. No, because I also think a cave needs to be nature-made, and it also has some you sort of... man-made caves. I guess. Can you? Yeah. What's cavern? <laughs> a cavern is what the cave opens up to, right? Isn't that a cavern? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With all the stalagmites? Stalagmites? Stalagmites and stalactites, <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, I paid attention to geography. You called them stalagmites. <laughs> Pretty sure that one's a Pokemon. I think I would have called it that even when I was in taking that class. All right, so... Last bit, we went from relationships to a different kind of relationship. This is about parenting. Mm, the relationship between child and parent. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the relationship... In case you didn't know what a parent was. Also, the relationship between that child and music. Okay. I'm intrigued. Okay. Here's the title. <laughs> You're so dramatic. This is also from Reddit. My five-year-old kid is obsessed with craft work. Oh, Kraftwerk, sing a song. I'll play a song to to outro. (laughs) Saying sing a song by Kraftwerk is, if you know anything about Kraftwerk, not the easiest thing to do. Well, because Kraftwerk, when you said that, I immediately thought of, you know, working with crafts. Well, I'll get to that. Okay. But Kraftwerk, uh, a little bit of elaboration. Kraftwerk was the kind of start of uh, the Krautrock movement. Uh, They're a primarily electronic duo from Germany. Um, that revolutionized electronic music and uh, new wave, and uh, it's really good. I like Kraftwerk. So a five five year old Kraftwerk. Okay, five year old obsessed with Kraftwerk. <clears throat> Here I go. I thought it would be fun one time to let my five year old decide what record to put on. I gave him a few options, and he chose Kraftwerk. I think mostly because he does quote Kraftwerk, <laughs> i.e., sticking glitter on things with his granny, so associated it with something fun. Big mistake. The kid is now literally obsessed with Kraftwerk. When we try to listen to other music, he's like, quote, this isn't Kraftwerk. (laughs) (laughs) And even when I try to lie to him and be like, yeah, sure, Moana is Kraftwerk, he sees through my subterfuge and demands actual 70s German EDM rather than whatever BS I'm trying to pass off to him. He's five. While on the other, uh, while on the one hand, I'm really excited that my kid has better music taste than me at five. To paraphrase Jesus. I had no music taste at five. <laughs> Barney. So, so he then said, to paraphrase Jesus. Oh, <laughs> Which is Lord. a great way to start a sentence. I feel like Jesus is the one person you don't paraphrase. <laughs> so uh, he said, a family cannot live on craft work alone. <laughs> <laughs> My wife occasionally wants to listen to Radio 6 music or BBC 2 Sunday morning love songs. And it's getting difficult when he just insists, no, Alexa, play Kraftwerk. <laughs> Obviously, I'm bearing the brunt of the blame for this. Obviously. Uh, so uh, he's asking uh, the subreddit R Vinyl, which is, you know, vinyl heads, music heads, these types of people. He says, so R Vinyl, uh, what suggestions do you have to gently wean my five-year-old son's musical taste off of a binge diet of all Kraftwerk all the time? You have to play similar music to Kraftwerk. You can't go Kraftwerk Moana. No. That's no, you, not going to work. You should get him into, first, probably Can. Can is probably a good transitional band there. Um, and then maybe transition him into some 80s synth-based pop, uh, maybe of the darker variety. New Order would probably be a good transition out of that. And you can go Depeche Mode uh, to get to maybe some lighter stuff. Uh, and then from there, psh, 
you got the whole world of 80s pop that you can open them up to. Depeche Mode's an easy transition there. And then from there, the 80s pop's not that too different from like pop, maybe pop. maybe the, the hyper pop of today. Your your Carly Rae Jepsen's or your, your Charlie <laughs> XCX's. Uh, Weird. You, you can totally get them involved in some of that. That's um, going to be a long route. I just love the idea of a five-year-old. Just like they put on wiggles and he goes, arms crossed, sitting on the couch. This is not craft work. No, five-year-old, I wasn't listening to any music or like the Lion King soundtrack. Yeah, but imagine imagine you're like hanging out with a, fi- a friend at five and you're like, yeah, just listening to the Lion King soundtrack. And they go, this isn't craft work. And they put on fucking craft work. They put on like fucking uh, like computer love or something. It's very, very strange. Very strange for a five-year-old, I'll say. Um, and it's gonna be a rough life for that kid. Is that how you feel like when I want to listen to K-pop? I'm like only K-pop. This isn't K-pop. <laughs> <laughs> That's every time you play that. I'm like, this doesn't have any Korean in it. Uh, no, because like, I it's very different to be like this isn't one. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say obscure, but like. Craftwork also isn't the easiest thing to get into. Okay, you play it. Like there, there play that full, outro. There, there are full albums they have that are strictly uh, instrumental. Yeah. And see? And like you can't disguise that any better. Uh, and I wonder if she's only playing like certain songs or like if the five-year-old is li- interested in all craft work or just like the few songs that he's listening to. I, he's think, I think he'll be fine if you're like playing a deep cut of like maybe one of the... Uh, uh, one of the B-side, early B-side demos from Kraftwerk. He's like, oh, interesting. I haven't heard this one before. <laughs> he says it's an early version of, uh, of of something from Autobahn. Interesting. Like, or she could just embrace it. I think at this point you have to. Your house is... I mean, that's the same thing. Like, you brought up the Wiggles. Um, there's, that's what kids do. They latch on to something, and then they play it out until they're over it. And then you as a parent just have to hear it over and over and over again or watch the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. Just really weird that the thing that that five-year-old has latched onto is I mean, he the li- 80s band Kraftwerk. He likes crafts. All right. So thank you guys so much. We're going to play you out with some Kraftwerk, right? I'm going to play the song The Model. It's probably one of my favorite songs. It's also one of the few songs that has like a good amount of lyrics to it. So I hope you enjoyed this April Super Show. We'll see you again in May. Thank you so much, Insomniacs, for joining us. Um, We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.